What Else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. One-on-one conversations with some of your favorite artists. Find this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Spreaker.com. What Else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Take flight with us, film fans, on a brand new episode of Quality Check Podcast. I am one of your co-pilots for this little podcast adventure of ours known as Quality Check. Joining me in the cockpit, as always, is Drew Douglas. Imagine trying to record uh, a podcast in like an F-18 with little Tommy behind the wheel. You know, weirdly enough, I kind of want to do that. <laughs> it made me, it was one of those things that after seeing Top Gun Maverick, which we're going to talk about today, I um, I had a really strong desire to at least ride in one of those while they're doing crazy things, if not up and join the Navy. And then my wife pointed out, it's probably too late. I think you're too old. But the thing is, like, you may actually be maybe at the the cusp. I honestly think you may you if you signed up, you might be able to get in. And I'm serious because I talked to my family about that after watching Top Gun Maverick because we all went as a family. Uh, I'll get into that when we talk talk about the movie. But um, afterwards, I'm like, how many people will enlist after watching this movie because they're like. That was awesome. I want to do that. Well, good news for, for both of us, in fact. Uh, to join the Navy, you have to be a U.S. citizen, which we are. And between the ages of 17 and 39. Ooh. Uh, I would imagine, though, you have to have pretty good eyesight. And unless I'm wearing contacts or my glasses, it's, it's, uh, not, it's not good. It's getting worse. But Bob has glasses in this. That's that's very true. I if as long as I've got glasses, I'm I'm all right. Uh, that's my problem. I can see up close and personal, no problem. But whenever it's in a dis at a distance, like driving, I, I'm terrible. I I can't see road signs, and I realize I should have <laughs> exited. So that'd be a very bad thing for one of the pilots. But nonetheless, we're going to pilot this adventure. I'm excited to talk about this movie. Uh, obviously. We both saw Top Gun Maverick just this past weekend. Big success at the box office. We will dive into that later on. And we've got something fun where we are going to talk about the top three Tom Cruise movies we have never seen before. And those movies have to be where he is the lead star, or at least he's part of the big cast cast. But first, we are going to do a little bit of trailer talk where we're going to talk about two new trailers. The first up is, hey, it features Tom Cruise and the brand new Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning part one. I have to say part one. But apparently this movie, this movie trailer rather, uh, came out because they were forced to release it early since it leaked. And this was more of a, a look for the dailies rather so it kind of seemed a little stripped down. It's not what I was expecting. We were texting back and forth about it. I'm still extremely excited, but it seems very quiet compared to what I expected out of out of a Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning trailer. Outside of seeing some of the cool stunts that we have in store, the settings, 
or returning characters. It is one of the weirdest trailers I've ever seen. It's there, you can just tell something is off, and it does feel like they took the greatest hits of the dailies and pieced it together with some music and narration. Because there's things mm. in the trailer, like he's driving around with that doors on the car, and like a minute later in the trailer, we see the doors being ripped off. It it seems incoherent as a trailer. There's no <laughs> uh, flow to it. It ends on a high note with that crazy yeah. stunt where he rides the motorcycle off the cliff. And that got me asking people, did he literally do that? And that apparently was one of the things that he did do. Uh, but yeah, this is, it's a weird, weird trailer. I, I wasn't, um, and it's a year, the movie's a year away. You know, it's all, I understand releasing it before this, but I would have just waited and, and, and made it something a little better. And I feel like we saw about every single major action sequence put into this like two minutes. Too much. I don't want to see anything else. I was really tempted not to watch the trailer, but I I held off and did not watch it when it first came out online. And we were texting about it. I I started and I stopped. I did that probably five times. No joke. I went I went to the crapper and I sat there. <laughs> And I, I almost oh did it. <laughs> uh, it's the best time to watch content. I will be in the bathroom for no joke, like 20 to 30 minutes. And I'll walk out and my wife will go, I forgot you were in there. And I'm like, yeah, well, I got distracted watching, <laughs> watching something on my phone or a baseball game or sometimes playing my Switch. I was going to say, it seems like a good movie to watch or a good movie trailer to watch on your phone because the the music and the sound design really wasn't all that great. And that's what kind of caught me off guard in the movie theater because it seemed like it was somewhat thrown together for the sound design. And I mean, I'm still pumped. Like this movie is going to be probably my most anticipated movie of next year. I love that franchise so much. It's even a, they could honestly have Tom Cruise on camera making farting sounds <laughs> and say, this is Mission Impossible Dead Wrecking. I'm like, great, I'm give in. it to me. <laughs> yeah, they've already earned everything that they need to bring in the audience. You just have to deliver on the crazy action. And I kind of yeah. wish I didn't even know about that final stunt. Well, that's there were several shots in Fallout, the previous Mission Impossible film, where there were stunts that I feel like I was able to not know about until watching the movie. And like, that final scene at the very end where he's climbing up the rope into the helicopter and he falls and that's like him. And he almost like died during shooting that. And in the theater, it freaked me out. And it's like, that's the one too, I, where he, he jumped from building the building and like shattered his shin or something. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he kept running. That's nasty to watch. Yeah. That was tough. And they kept, they're like, Nope, we're keeping that in. Keep it in. They, they need to kill someone off though. The, this, they need to wrap up volume one with a big death. With the name Dead Reckoning, I really do wonder if it's going there, they'll end up losing one or two, maybe half of the team. And it's, I know the cast is swelling a little bit more, but at the same time, yeah, I, I think it's Judgment Day, baby. What if they killed off basically everyone but Tom Cruise in volume two? It's just him out for revenge. <laughs> that actually would be, that would be, but super ballsy and i would have to say that would 
I mean, that would be a huge hook, a huge hook. But one movie trailer that we got as well, and I'm curious to see what you have to say, because the huge hook for that is coming from legendary director Robert Zemeckis, and that's Disney's Pinocchio. This was, I, I wanted to include this because, as I said, Dead Reckoning is a weird trailer. I don't think Pinocchio is a weird trailer necessarily. It looks really good. But don't you think it's bizarre that they don't show Pinocchio <laughs> in the Pinocchio trailer? Yeah, that's. I was expecting that too. I mean, we get several shots of Jiminy Cricket and we've got uh, the fairy and we've got a ton of Geppetto, Tom Hanks up close with the little mustache of his. But then, um, yeah, it was interesting because it ends with the outline of Pinocchio. And, you know, we see him as like a silhouette. But it's like, if the animation looks bad, and here's an, here's another thing. Are they sticking this on Disney Plus because of that reason? Because the animation's not looking that great? Or were they always going to? No. This was already announced before the movie ever started. They said it was Disney Plus. Okay. I do. I, I kind of wish this was going to theaters. It feels, it feels too big for Disney Plus. Yes, that, that was the one last thing I was going to say. It actually kind of upset me, the fact that they're slapping this on Disney Plus and you got to stream it because I would I would actually like to see this on the big screen. Bobby Z, though, he needs a he needs a winner. I know. Let's hope this is it. Teaming up with Tom Hanks. And the only question is how Pinocchio is going to look if he looks like something from Team America. Um, <laughs> I think he's going to not be so great. <laughs> I think he's going to look fine. Uh, yeah, so so Bobby Z coming off the witches, which I was not impressed with. Uh, Welcome to Morrowind, which I didn't hate as much as some people, but it's not super great. And then Allied 2016, I liked, I liked Allied. So yeah. it's, it's been a bit since he's done. It's been a long time, I think, since he's done some, something super good. Mm-hmm. And then it's been a while since he's done something just good. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, Marvel was very strangely, well, I wouldn't say split. Most people didn't really like it. And we liked it a little bit more than the most, but yeah, and Allied was good. I, I, I enjoyed that. I'd like to see something like that again, where Bobby Z returns after Pinocchio to do, because I think he, he, he puts out some good work. Um, we just need him to return to form. We got to take flight now and start talking about Top Gun Maverick. Everyone here is the best there is. Who the hell are they going to get to teach us? Captain Pete Maverick Mitchell. Let me be perfectly blunt. You are not my first choice. You are here at the request of Admiral Kazansky, AKA Iceman. He seems to think that you have something left to offer the Navy. What that is, I can't imagine. With all due respect, sir, I'm not a teacher. Just want to manage expectations. This movie is at the top of the list for our summer movie list. Not quite the top. Did you have it number two? No, it was, you. I know that we. Um, that this was you were getting so amped up for this. I was also excited for it, but I think you were more excited for this movie than I was. Um, I mean, it's all I could think about for about two and a half weeks. 
Yeah, you were you were saying praise Zulu. Is that right, Zulu? <laughs> what what? Uh, Zenu. Z- there we go. Yeah, I'm thinking of Ghostbusters. So, um, <laughs> with that being the case, did it live up to the hype? I went in uh, expecting to like it, and I was actually kind of blown away by one. I was emotionally invested in the movie and just blown away by everything that they did with uh, the the action sequences, the the flight sequences, which are as advertised, as amazing as you would expect. Yeah, I I actually agree with that. I've not said a whole lot to outside of seeing the movie. Um, the I, So I originally was going to watch this, just go to the theater and see it, but then my mom was so excited that she texts me and she's like, I already got our tickets and we're going as a family. And um, this was one of those movies that I will say, here's an interesting thing. My dad's never seen the full first film, like all the way through. I don't really look to that movie as like having a special place in my heart. Like it's a movie from the eighties. It's like, I love Tony Scott, who directed the film. Uh, I like Tom Cruise, Val Kilmer, everyone that was in it. I enjoyed it. It was an 80s movie, but it's not at the top of my list for an 80s movie. This movie shot up to the top of my list for the year because of the simple fact they shot this live. They got all of those actors to be pilots. They were in the cockpit with them. The fact we don't get movies like this anymore and to make it look as good as what they did, that there's someone who's dedicated, not just Tom Cruise, but the rest of the cast, the crew. It's phenomenal. I love it. I love it when we get a movie like this. This is this year's Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, yeah. That's a good comparison. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, this is this is that rare movie that, if possible, you actually you you should see on the big screen. And I don't say that about many movies, but this is one... That the bigger, the louder, the better. Yeah. Had a lot of people in the theater. People were into it, laughing at the right moments. A lot of chatter when it ended. Uh, I think happy chatter of what they had seen. And it wasn't a crowd like No Way Home where people were, you know, jumping on their seats. But they were definitely into it. Yeah, that's the same for my viewing experience as well. People were excited. I would say this goes behind, right behind No Way Home in terms of movies that I've seen over the last, well, since the start of the pandemic where people were getting excited and whether you end up, you ended up hearing them talking after the movie about how much they loved it. Uh, there was a point where they started clapping and it was when they landed on at the very end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At the end. Hey, we, we should also say, I mean, if you're listening to us and you haven't seen it, I don't know what you're doing, but spoilers from here on out. Especially with uh, finding that out at the end with that landing, because I actually thought, could they kill off Maverick? Oh, we did. Yeah. And we wonder that too, because they set it up a handful of times around the midway mark where he's talking with Penny, Jennifer Connelly's character, and he's like, I won't leave you again. And I'm like, I'm like, all right, it's pinging in my head. They're setting this up. And they continue to set it up. <laughs> and I actually thought um, this is definitely, they're setting this up for a future generation to take over. 
and and they didn't, thankfully. I don't think I would have liked them killing Maverick off. Yeah, not in this movie. I mean, especially don't do it ever. Yeah. <laughs> of of the of Tom Cruise's major action films, I guess maybe Mission Impossible is the only other massive franchise he has. Yeah. Um, he's never really been killed off. Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, I think part of why people are loving this so much is the fact that you do get that happy ending. And you end up having both of the pilots, Rooster and Maverick, return. And you do, you've got that. It's, and also the other thing is with this coming out on Memorial Day weekend, this is like the perfect time for it to come out, I feel, because it truly is like a dedication to the military, the U.S. military, and the fact that it is, honestly, it feels like an underdog story. And there's not really a reason why it should feel like an underdog story, but it does because it's like they're getting ready to, you know, cut Maverick and and they're treating him as if like he's a relic. And it was so funny because after watching this movie, my mom, she's like, you know, that movie made me feel old because not just with how much time has passed since the first Top Gun, but also with looking at how, you know, in the movie, they're playing into this idea of Maverick, you're old, you're, you know, it's your time's passed. Like it's time for you to retire and move on. And my mom's like, we can't get rid of this guy. Yeah. You can't get rid of this guy. And he's literally never advanced because he is where he wants to be and he doesn't want to leave. Surprisingly, this movie had, emotional moments I didn't expect. Oh, for sure. Some of that obviously involves the history of now we have Goose's son. There's a, there's a connection, like this connective tissue. But I think Cruz just plays Maverick better in this. He's definitely, I think, an actor that has gotten better over time because Maverick in the original is just, I think he's a creep. And Cruz <laughs> plays him like this cocky, cocky creep that comes across almost like a sociopath he does yeah. so many weird things in that movie the character does and Cruz plays it so strangely i don't he's awful in that original one i it's just definitely a more modern Cruz performance and it works so much better um because i think Cruz has just learned how to be more likable i think that plays a huge role and i know my dad, he was like, he brought that up too. He's like, well, one reason why I'm not a huge fan of the original Top Gun is that he just is like a cocky SOB. Like, and not in a good way. Like, you can do that and have it be fun and interesting, but he's just weird. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that, and that, that honestly played into why my dad wasn't a huge fan. And I don't, I mean, to me, it's like, all right, well, he's a kid, he was young, you know. Um, he was like some of these younger pilots, but these younger pilots came off much better than he did in the original, you know? Yeah, I was going to ask you about the supporting cast because that's one of the bright spots in this for me. It's it's just a well group mm-hmm. of very likable characters. Even Hangman, who is Glenn Powell, he plays this overly confident turd, <laughs> but he's extremely likable and fun. I think John Hamm gives not necessarily a surprising performance because he's usually pretty good, but he's really solid as like the man in charge in this. And I, I kind of walked away thinking a lot about how good John Hamm is in this. He's good. I mean, I, I think that there are others who I look to and I enjoy more, um, you know, like 
the younger cast, I I think I I really enjoyed that dynamic more between Cruz's Maverick and the younger pilots than I did like him and John Hamm's Cyclone. Uh, John Hamm does a good job though. You can be that role and not be likable. You can be the a-hole in charge and just be so annoying that you don't want to see that person. But I, I liked when he showed up. and <laughs> He has like a fun banter with uh, Tom Cruise. And I do question whether Jennifer Connelly's character is very good because besides a one-line name drop in the OG, we have no connection to this character, Penny. And the love story between her and Mav seems shoehorned in, I guess, just because that's what you add to these kinds of movies. I'm not sure I cared about that plot thread really at all, but I I don't mind that it really it slowed the tempo down of the movie that I I kind of respect it. It it, it added some quieter moments to it. It made it made the movie seem more mature, but in regards of like how would you react at that age maybe. I mean, I say maybe because I mean, we're we're not at that age, but beyond that it's like all right, you may be like Maverick where he is in a good place. He wants to be in that place, but he's missing out on certain things. One aspect is maybe there's, well, like he said, he just wished that he was better at being the surrogate father of Rooster and therefore him being more of a um, a better person to be in a relationship with. And so I wasn't a huge fan of that either, but it did ground it a little bit so that we weren't all just focused. And it wasn't just like this weird sex appeal, like what was in the first movie, you know, it's different. It's still not great. I mean, I didn't hate it, but whenever it got to that, it just slowed it down. And sometimes maybe a little too, it was, it ended up going too slow. I do like the ending though, the payoff. Where he's, That's good. He wants to see her. She's not there. And then he, See, he's working on the plane and sees her looking really cool leaning against the Porsche. I actually, <laughs> yeah. I thought that was uh, a pretty solid payoff. Now, Val Kilmer is in this. I knew he was going to be in this. I didn't know how they were going to use him because of his uh, health issues. And, mm-hmm. you know, he has trouble speaking. Did you like the way Iceman was used? I all say 100% loved it. And that's another thing that I think it shows the dedication that Cruz has in terms of making it as like he's paying tribute to those who have worked with him and made it possible for the movies uh, to make those movies. And so with that, um, I thought at first they would just stick to the texting and that was it. They wouldn't go beyond that, but having him in person before he dies and then they actually kill him off is like a tribute. I mean, that actually had me emotional first that conversation. And then when they actually do go to the funeral um, I, I like that. I mean, that once again, it gave it stakes where it's like, they're not racing against any enemy that you can see the enemy's time. The enemy is getting older and no matter how much Maverick can, you know, how fast he can get the plane, uh, to, to fly it to the next Mach 10.3, uh, it's, he's not going to outrun time. And so, that, to me, I, I really, really like that aspect of this movie. Now, there's a lot of callbacks to the original Top Gun in this, and I actually think most of them really work. Rooster, Goose's son, hitting the piano and belting out great balls of fire is 
really stupid, I think. <laughs> but I do think they do a really smart thing. That moment is fun for Rooster and the other pilots and the bartenders and everyone hanging out in the bar. It's fun. They're having a great time. Maverick is kicked out of the bar at that point, and he's kind of leaving, and he hears the song, and he goes and looks through the window, and he sees them playing, Rooster playing the song. And it's almost like a PTSD trigger for him. And I actually thought that was a pretty smart move. Yeah, no, I, that's another thing where I think they were they handled it so perfectly. And I actually really liked it. Something that on paper, reading it, I would probably say, no, don't do it. But seeing it play out was great. Two other things this movie does really well. One, unlike the first movie, I think there is a clear mission in this one, they have to do something. Uh, not only is Tom Cruise fighting age and time in life, but him and his team have two weeks, three weeks to learn how to do this crazy mission and then actually pull it off. I like that there's a bigger focus in the first one, which seems it's all about the flight school and then we're thrown into like a last minute mission. Uh, I just think this one does a better job of setting up an actual end goal of where this movie is headed. Yeah, and honestly, I felt like that final third, or at least the structure of where we were going, felt very Mission Impossible. It's like they took a page out of their Mission Impossible playbook. Um, so I'm glad that we, it was a vague, I don't even think they ever mentioned what nation is holding these, what was it? It wasn't nukes, it was like uranium or something. <laughs> I don't think they ever clarify, which is uh, kind of interesting and fun. They didn't want to piss anybody off. Uh, and the other thing is I hadn't heard Lady Gaga's song going into this movie. I wanted to wait until I saw it. And I mentioned this on a previous podcast that Tom Cruise says, you know, they had the movie together, but the, something with the score was not working. They, it, they weren't syncing up in a way that kind of elevated the material. And then Gaga comes... Uh, maybe says she has a song idea and, and comes back with this song and they ended up using it. Uh, I didn't know this at the time, but the melody for that song is used in the melody of the score. I think the film score is sneaky good. That's one of the things I actually don't like. Like if I were to listen to the song by itself, I'm a huge Lady Gaga fan. I'm a little monster. I love anything that she puts out. I, I love, I love that it inspired the film score in the way that it did. Um, and as like the ballad, that rock ballad, I'm cool with it. I'm good with it. As like a song, standalone song, I'm just not a huge fan of it, but I appreciate it. That's That surprises me. So it's no, you're not, you're saying it's no shallow from A Star Is Born. Oh, no. I freaking love, I'll listen to that all the time by itself. But this song, I've listened to it maybe once or twice outside the movie. I'm like, yeah, it's okay. Like if, you know, I, I dig it. Like, but it's like bottom tier Lady Gaga songs for me. All right. So we both really like the movie. This for me is the movie of the summer. There's only one movie that comes to mind that could possibly take over the number one spot. And I wonder if it's, just, it's probably the same for you. It's Jordan Peele's Nope. Yeah. Is that is that the only movie that comes to mind that you think, uh, you know, come October or whatever, you're going to look back and go, man, that that was the best thing I saw this summer? Honestly, at this rate, yeah. Because 
you know, and the thing is with Jordan Peele's Nope, I wonder, I don't, I'm going and not knowing anything about the film. I have only seen just a few seconds, but I feel like looking back, I'll see that as like maybe a 2022 release, but more like a fall release. I don't know. With it being a horror film, I know we often talk about horror being attached to the fall. Um, will it feel like a summer movie? I don't know. This movie feels like a summer movie. Yeah, I don't think there's anything that can really rival it. I think this is, mm-hmm. I think we've already hit, or at least for me, we've hit the, the peak of the summer season. I don't think there's really any wild cards that could come out and, and really surprise me as much as this one did, even though I was expecting and, and obviously hearing good things going into the movie, it was sitting at, what, 96, 97% of Rotten Tomatoes with Jeez, yeah. 300 plus reviews. Um, so, yeah, I, this I think we've hit the peak. I'd agree with that, yeah. I told you, I had gave you a little homework on the on the last podcast. I said, they have really cool call, call signs in these movies, you know. And I Ooh. said, think about what you would want to be called. And uh, I had come up with one for you um, that I didn't reveal yet because you didn't want it. And I, <laughs> I'll share that as well. But what what did you come up for yourself? I have, I wrote down three for me. Well, so, you know, you've got the app and... Our friend and listener, Jesse. I was going to say, should we talk about what we were assigned? Yeah. Um, on the official Top Gun, what's your call sign.com? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even though, you know, she sent the app and I did not use the app. Oh, you didn't use it? Because I, I thought long and hard. And, and then when she texts that, I'd also, I ended up, uh, I'd come up with it by that point. So I I would be cheating or lying if I said that I used it because that was, I was tempted to, but if you don't like what I've got, I was going to use it. And then I was going to take a photo and then I was going to put that on social media and then share that and say, this is what it is. When I did it, it was Riptide. That's what they came up with. And uh, I was like, that's kind of fun. And it had like a, the helmet was kind of blue. It looked like it had ocean waves or something. <laughs> but uh, this is not what I would choose. I'll say that. So what would you come up with for yourself? And then uh, I'll, I'll go over mine. And then I'm going to tell you what I came up with uh, for you. And this is why I'm, I'm going with it. There, there are multiple reasons why I've chosen this. But this call sign was used in Top Gun Maverick. I went with Blackjack. That's in Maverick? Mm-hmm. Is it one of like the side side characters that we don't really get to spend time with? So that's what, and I was a little confused by because at first I kept thinking that that was a character, um, and it's a female character. But I was thinking that character who went by Blackjack was like her actual name was Phoenix, but it's a different character or is it because the thing is like i can't i know that blackjack was a symbol and i thought for sure that was on phoenix's uh on like that she ended up using that and it was attached to her um i'm not gonna say vest but that's basically it and i mean i'm looking at the the characters and i don't see blackjack anywhere I think you I know uh, that it was in it and I I know for sure it was like there was the the insignia 
But the reason why I went with blackjack is that it's a gamble every time you get into the sky, but you're always, you're wanting to hit a target and the target, you always hit it when you get a blackjack, you get an, and, and so, but the also the other reason I'm like, you could come up with cool font with that. You could have really cool designs on your helmet, on your, on your clothes, on the vest, on your jacket. Uh, well, you know what I thought would be cool is Casper. Oh, at some points in this, you're hunting targets and what better than to be maybe not a friendly ghost, but a ghost that, that comes in and out. You didn't see him coming and they boom, snipe you out. I like that. Casper. Okay. I thought Casper is cool. And the other two I came up with, uh, one's, uh, one's stealing from Star Trek, Len- Dr. Leonard McCoy, also known as Bones. I think Love. Bones is a cool name. And then uh, Flatline just sounds cool. Deed. Flatline. So it'd be one of those three. I thought Casper would be probably my top. Probably what I would go with number one. Now, I came up with one for you. I think generally they're one word. This is cheating a little bit. It's two words. I thought because you you love riding your bike. I think of you and I think of you ready to go for a ride. And I thought Easy Rider would be kind of a dope name. Oh, that would be good. Uh, yeah, I was trying. There were several where it was like a compound. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going to do a compound. I'm just going to do one one word and that's it. Yeah, I like blackjack and the way you explained it, it makes total sense. And there's so much with that. And I honestly almost went out and started buying crap for my bike to start <laughs> slapping it on. And then that's going to be my call sign for the bike. And like, hey, where's blackjack? Blackjack just rode by. You see him? <laughs> and now, I mean, it's just like, I don't, that, and that's really cool. That's another thing going for this movie that if you, like that app, you end up getting a call sign and people like at work. So there have been so many people using that freaking app and they're like posting their photos and it's promoting, guess what? Top Gun Maverick. Top Gun, it's perfect marketing. Now there's a couple, a handful of cool name call signs in this movie. Uh, just a couple of favorites. Fanboy I thought was really cool. Payback is awesome. Payback's good. And the one that made me laugh out loud is Warlock. I <laughs> was, I had an audible reaction. I was like, oh, yeah, Warlock. It's so, that whole thing is so corny. Uh, I mean, at one point, John Hamm is, he's like, <laughs> he talks about Iceman. He's like, Tom Kazansky, a.k.a. Iceman. And it's so cheesy, <laughs> but it uh, somehow works and is super cool. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, some of these names are just so outrageous, but uh, my favorite may have been Bob. He's like, what's your call sign? Bob. <laughs> I do like the gag about it being baby on board. Yeah. Because he's in the backseat. <laughs> now, the other one I thought, and, and I uh, I came up with this for my wife too, because like you, she's constantly sneezing over various <laughs> allergies or the freaking cat. It drives me insane. But I was like, your call sign would be sneezy because I can't, I can't handle it. Uh, that was the jokey one, and then um, she's just really positive, unlike me. So I, th- I thought sunshine would be a good call sign for her. <laughs> <That's> um, <easy. laughs> but I think that actually works for you too. Yeah, it's more of a gag name, though. I don't think if you were an actual fighter pilot that you would be really wanting that. Yeah. So you gotta you gotta mark your territory, and you come up with it, or you're gonna get something stupid. <laughs> that's I think that's true. the rules. Or you get so, baby on board. <laughs> I I do like blackjack. I think that's probably a little better than Easy Rider, but I do like Easy Rider. 
we also had homework, and it was Tom Cruise has been around for a long time. He's made a lot of movies. He's been making films since 1981, and obviously there's going to be, unless you're a, a fanatic, there's going to be TC movies you haven't seen. We had to come up with three bigger releases uh, Tom Cruise has starred in that we've never seen. I'll do number one. It, this is in no order necessarily, but a few good, a few good men. I've never seen it. Oh wow! Have you seen that one? I have. It's been for it's been ages ago, but that's when I want to say my mom maybe maybe uh, my my aunt got me into watching that movie. But I remember my my uh, grandfather uh, actually really liked that movie. Yeah, that's an ensemble, but it is a big TC film, and obviously it's quoted all the time with. Uh, you can't handle the truth. Second on the list, I have interview with a vampire. Oh, interesting. Don't know why I've never seen. I, I never have. And I think probably the biggest one of the movies that I should have seen, Born on the Fourth of July. Mm. He was nominated for Best Actor in 1990 at the Oscars. I feel like at some point in the next month, I need to watch all three of these. So that's interesting because I will piggyback off of that and say that movie is one I have not seen either. And so I was going through and looking and I was like, uh, while doing some research as well, um, you know, Paul Newman won for Best Actor in The Color of Money, which was released the same year as Top Gun. Oh, wow. I didn't actually know that was the same year. Yeah. So released 86. Uh, so col- nice. Yep. Color of Money came out just a few months after Top Gun. And then at the Oscars, where you you see Paul Newman holding up the award, you see Tom Cruise, who he's starting to grow his hair out for, born on the 4th of July. So fun little fact there. Um, that is my number. I'll say that's my number three. My number two, and it kind of coincides with uh, Top Gun because it's a racing movie and it's Days of Thunder. That's the movie I watched about a week and a half ago that I've never seen. I thought was beloved and it actually was kind of ripped when it came out. Uh, that's that's definitely one that I need to watch. And my top pick, I've got to go with, obviously, it, it may be Tom Cruise's most quoted line of all time with Show Me the Money. And Jerry Maguire. You've never seen that? I've seen bits and pieces, but I've never sat down and watched the full film from start to finish. Man, it's good. That was when that was when we had Cameron Crowe cranking out great movie after great movie. Yeah, he was on a streak. But then I would argue that's whenever Tom Cruise also got on his early streak of getting like a ton of movies that he started at that point, um, I'm going to say changing as an actor, but he started to mature big time. And yeah, I I really want to watch Jerry this weekend. And another film just came out on HBO Max this month. I've never seen. And I bumped it because it's kind of like a lesser known film. Still an early film. The Firm. Never seen that. Weirdly enough, that came out... In, I want to say 1993, but as a child, for whatever reason, I was in like the second grade, I was literally obsessed with that movie. And I had not even can like a little briefcase because he plays, it's like a legal thriller. He's like a lawyer in it. 
had a little briefcase and I was acting like I was being hunted. <laughs> oh, yeah. and I was this lawyer and it was, uh, <laughs> I was like, like recreating scenes that I saw in the trailer <laughs> and stuff. Uh, I was a strange kid, I think. Um, yeah, give that a watch. Jerry Maguire is, is like must see Cruz slash Cameron. Um, Cuba Gooding Jr. is incredible in that. And Renee is really good. The three newer ones that I haven't seen, uh, Valkyrie, never seen that. Uh, N- Night and Day, never seen that one. And then most recently, American Made. Somehow never saw that one. Is that one any good? Uh, it's okay. Uh, it's funny. I think my dad, I saw that with my dad in the theater. And he may have liked it maybe a little more than I did. It's okay. Like, it's it's not bad. I remember when it came out, um, it was very mixed. And I'm, that's how I feel about it. Like, it's mixed. I think it's worth watching, um, but it's not like a great Tom Cruise movie. It would be toward the bottom of the list, I'd say. Yeah. Um, so we got some, I would say, some homework to do. What What would you say is your favorite TC movie of all time? I mean, are we going... Performance. where? Oh, performance. Yeah, where he's got to be... Uh, and, and it could be like, say, Magnolia, where he's... Um, part of an ensemble, but he plays a vital role in that movie. The, the two that come to mind, one is Jerry Maguire, just because I really love that movie. And then Eyes Wide Ooh, Shut yeah. is just, I think about that movie a lot. So that might be overall favorite Tom Cruise movie. That's good. And, you know, I saw that movie for the first time just a few months ago during the winter time. We were texting about it and just, it's, it's great. It's just such a, such a good movie. Um, and uh, he's so different in Interview with a Vampire, but he's really good in that. Um, he's, he's really good in Rain Man, but I, I, I think I'm, I'll have to go with, and it's my gut, I have to go with Collateral. Oh, I thought you were going to say that. He's good in that. Yeah. I like that, and I rewatched that, and I think the, I had always complained that I think the last act is where it kind of starts shutting down a little bit, but uh, it worked a little better on, like, the third rewatch, and, you know, Michael Mann's fantastic. We rewatched over the weekend War of the Worlds, and he's really Ooh. good in that, too. Yeah, that's, that honestly... That's a movie that when everything starts going south and people are acting like maniacs, it's I see that happening in real life and it freaks me out. Like the the <laughs> first two thirds of that just filled me with such uh, nervousness and dread that it was in, it's a fun movie, obviously, to watch, but it, it's freaky. It's and the thing is, I don't understand why it's rated so low. I think that's kind of an underrated Spielberg cruise film, to be honest. It's good. Uh, the kids are super annoying in it, though. Like, yeah, that's true. I mean, they're children. They don't know how the how the world works and how people people react react under stress. But they are like watching it this last time, and I feel like it hadn't really, I hadn't really felt this way on previous watches but they annoyed the hell out of me that this is uh by the way i saw war of the worlds three times in theaters when that first came out and i i was telling my wife like i was literally obsessed with that movie and i've probably seen it close to a dozen times i've something about it is just i i I really dig it and i don't even think that's like top tier 
Spielberg necessarily, but I do I do like it. I do like it a lot. You know, what's interesting though, that came out at a time that I was starting to figure out I love sci-fi horror. And so it's funny you say that because I noticed that about myself as well, where it felt like a modern day Twilight Zone episode, but it was just so well done. And even though, like you said, it it's not Spielberg's best, it's, I mean, it's damn good. It just, I, I, I will stand by that movie that I really like it too. And I'm kind of weirdly wanting to rewatch The Mummy. Saw that in theaters. That was, <laughs> I think, one of our first podcasts ever. And yeah. uh, I, uh, that whole thing is just strange. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I kind of want to rewatch it. And um, obviously, The Mission Impossible is I would like to rewatch, you know, leading up to that new one. He worked with uh, Top Gun Maverick director Joseph Kaczynski before with Oblivion. That's on HBO Max. Been wanting to rewatch uh, yes. that one. Uh, that, Night and Day. That's good. Obviously, need to watch that. I'm not a huge Cameron Diaz fan. I think that's maybe why I've held off on that somewhat. But it looks like it could be a fun globe trotting adventure movie. Mm-hmm. So when you get a chance, watch The Firm. And when you do, I want you to think about a very young version of me with a briefcase that he found probably in the basement and he's running around acting like he's being I, I I like that. That needs to be like a remake or like the firm to even firmer or some. That sounds really bad, but <laughs> I'm glad we both enjoyed Maverick. Oh, so much fun. Now, did you, when you saw this in theaters, did you get the Tom Cruise intro? Oh yeah. And I'm like, all right. That actually felt genuine because everything about this movie felt genuine. And one thing I didn't uh, say, I mentioned him, but in the very beginning of the movie, uh, my dad and I were talking about the first film being directed by Tony Scott. And at the very end, it says, in memory. I'm like, hats off, Tom Cruise. Like, I love that he's literally giving ode to everyone who worked on this. And that made the spe- the message at the very beginning even more special. I'll close on this. Uh, you know, Paramount that releases should have come out in 2020. Obviously, a bunch of stuff happened and it's been pushed back. But they, they've really been sitting on gold for about three years now. And props to them for not dumping it on a streaming service, giving it. And I obviously, a lot of that has to do with Tom Cruise and he doesn't want that in any way, but. They were sitting on gold for this entire time. They knew it. And yeah. I don't know. Hats off to you guys. You guys made a great movie. That would be tough. But yeah, for sure. Because go to the theater and see this. It's amazing. I mean, it's already a huge success. I'm glad. I'm glad that it, a movie like this is able to be successful because it'd be great to get more like this. Well, I don't know if more Top Guns, but just more movies that are awesome action movies. I would I all take a, I would take another one of these though. I do wonder how how do you make this better because you 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 went wild with the training and the all the uh the flight stunts. Um I don't know if you can actually go beyond that. So you have to have a really yeah. good story if you're doing the third one. And if they come up with that I'm more than happy, but this this is along the lines of Creed where Creed is basically a remake of Rocky, but it does mm-hmm. it does that and and way more. And it's one of the rare movies that actually is able to successfully do that. And I don't know if you if you yeah. do a third one, I don't know if it's going to be as good. So maybe you do stop. But 
this is making so much money that I know a third one has to be something. They're they're gonna come up with something. Yeah, and that I bet they will. And this movie's making so much money. You know, Paramount's going to beg Tom Cruise to make another one. So I bet we will eventually get another Top Gun. But I'd be okay if this is what ends it. I'd be. I mean, this could be a one and done. I I would only watch this and just skip the original to be honest. But then again, I don't know. I, I love Tony Scott, so I may go and rewatch the first one just for that. Yeah. I mean, it's still fun. It's just super corny and dated. All right, film fans, thanks for joining us on this episode of Quality Check Podcast. Join us next time when we talk about our favorite things coming out in the month of June. But until next time, keep watching. Keep watching.